guys watch the the TV show Shark Tank? Oh yeah. No. It's awesome. Like there's uh, entrepreneurs come in and they pitch, and then inve- investors, you know, decide whether they're going to invest or not in their in their startups. And some of them are awesome, and some of them are ridiculous. And it's it's really fun to watch. It's really compelling TV. So that's what we're going to try to re- recreate here. <laughs> One of my favorite products ever is actually a thing because it was on Shark Tank. Scrub Daddy. Stop. They're the best sponges in They're the entire the world. Scrub Daddy? Yeah. It's a ridiculous name for a ridiculous sponge. The sponge is a nice circular smiley face with like a little hole in its mouth, good for getting a spoon. And it doesn't smell ever. Oh, but you're not even telling the best part. If you use cold water on it, it stays really hard and, like, fit for scrubbing. And then if you put soft water on it, it it changes texture. It's an amazing sponge. Are you guys ready to go? Well, you're listening to Where We Buy, the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. My name is James Cook. I research retail and real estate for JLL. Today, the Summer City Challenge. Three neighborhoods battle it out but there can be only one winner. So first, let's meet our judge, uh, Julia Georgioulis. Julia, welcome. Thank you very much. So Julia, you live in Boston, but you're a transplant from San Francisco. How do those cities stack up? You know, the cities themselves, San Francisco versus Boston, are, are similar in different ways. They're both small, you know, if we're talking about big cities, and um, they're both very walkable. And they've both got this huge innovation engine that's um, driving some really cool stuff. I took a walk around North Station today and saw all the new developments taking place and public art and, you know, open green spaces. And it it really does add to the foot traffic of retail. In one place in North Station, the Boston public market, kind of like an open farmer's market, um, sorry, indoor farmer's market that's open daily which reminded me a lot of the Ferry Building in San Francisco, which is a favorite spot for a lot of people who visit San Francisco and live in San Francisco. You kind of inspired this podcast episode with the hashtag JLL Summer City Tour. So this is a bit of a passion project for me. Um, I am new to Boston, but I also get to travel a lot to a lot of different cities across the country and check out the markets and what makes them cool and getting our people out onto the streets and checking it out firsthand and walking the market and getting the feel for it and what's challenging. And if I had one word to sum it up, like what's the soul of the market? And that's the JLL Summer City Tour. People are Instagramming and hashtagging their tweets uh, with that uh, JLL Summer City Tour hashtag. People are getting out there and and maybe exploring areas that they hadn't explored before. So, Julia, are you ready to be our judge for today's contest? I am. I can't wait. So here are the rules of the game. Um, Each person has more or less five minutes. I'm not going to put a timer on. About five minutes to tell us about a favorite neighborhood. Obviously, we care about retail here on Where We Buy, so it has to have a cool retail component. And so then after all have presented, you will declare one neighborhood the hashtag king of summer. All right. Let the challenge begin. So first contestant is me. Today, I want to tell you guys about the 798 
Arts District. This is in Beijing, where I went to recently, and I got the chance to visit visit a bunch of malls. I went to a bunch of different shopping districts, but I have to say, Seven Nine Eight was the most unique. So Seven Nine Eight began during the Cold War.、Um, it was initially a factory complex.、Um, it opened in 1957. As a joint partnership between East Germany and China to manufacture electronic goods. So when it opened、uh, in the late '50s, there were ten to twenty thousand workers who lived and worked there. They were given furnished rooms,、um, like they had extracurricular activities like sports and literary clubs. And compared with Other places that one could live in China at that time, they had it really good. What I really like about this area, about this district, is it is unique in terms of architecture for China. Because the Chinese partnered with the Germans, it is a German design, very similar to like a Bauhaus style design. So it's very functional.、Um, the buildings are large with lots of indoor spaces and a lot of natural light. The other thing I really like about it is when they built it, they painted a bunch of propaganda, like slogans、uh, on ceiling arches, painted in red, like a lot of Maoist slogans. And the、uh, artists who live there now have have left that that stuff intact. It was a thriving factory. Then in the '80s, factories began to close. In the '90s, the whole area was sliding into decline. Um, in the mid '90s,、um, Beijing's Central Academy of Fine Arts was looking for cheap real estate to move into, and they're like, "Why don't we go into these old warehouses?" So、um, they opened up workshops there. It was inexpensive, very roomy.、Um, then a sculpture workshop shop moved in next door. Then more and more artists and galleries began to move in. And like I said, they left the Maoist propaganda in place as a little bit of kitsch. But then they added all this other art in addition. So there's all this public art everywhere,、um, interesting statues and sculptures. And what I really like about it is it is a warehouse district, but the alleys and streets have a really quaint neighborhood feel to them. So it started with art galleries, and now there's all kinds of stuff there. There's nightclubs, restaurants, bars, boutiques.、Um, when I was there. Um, we visited、uh, sculpture, pottery workshops.、Um, went to hung out in a cafe, got some great gelato. Went to a record store,、um, which for some reason、uh, this the, whoever ran the record store must have been in love with Leonard Cohen because there were like Leonard Cohen posters everywhere and his music playing.、Um, went to a leather goods shop. All in all,、uh, if you're going to visit visit Beijing as a tourist, I'd recommend spending a day or at least a half a day. In the seven seven nine eight art zone, it is totally worth the visit. What would you compare it to here in the United States? Is there anything comparable? The closest comparable is meatpacking in New York. At the same time, it's different than anything else in the U.S. because of its communist、um, proletariat past. What was your favorite? Retail spot in the district. There was a leather goods shop、um, that my wife actually ended up getting a leather briefcase at that I was really impressed with、um, because it had a lot of cool stuff. Very well made and also also relatively inexpensive. This is fascinating. Okay, and the the public art seems to be like a huge component. 
every street has all kinds of different statues and really some of the stuff is a little bit borderline obscene almost. I was surprised to see it in a country like China, <laughs> but it's very edgy. Like that's the thing. It's very hip and edgy. Sounds like a great place to go and visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super cool. So let's do um, Taylor. So we'll turn it over to Taylor Coyne. So Taylor, you live with the hipsters in Los Angeles, but you're still New Jersey at heart. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, tell us a little bit about your summer city neighborhood. I have to say hashtag Jersey strong though, right? Um, that's a thing. Um, yes. So my summer neighborhood is the Arts District in downtown Los Angeles. Fifteen years ago, probably even less than that, really, downtown was very much a nine-to-five neighborhood. People commuted to downtown to work because really that's what the CBD is, but then they left at five. There was really nothing to do. No one lived there. It was not a ideal neighborhood. In 1999, the city of L.A. passed something called the Adaptive Reuse Ordinance, which essentially allowed the conversion of dozens of historic and underutilized structures into new housing units. So essentially removed all the red tape for developers. There's been a ton of construction in downtown, and essentially the entire area of downtown has gone through a resurgence since then. If you drive by downtown, there are tons of cranes just spotted all over the skyline. Primarily, a lot of that's in South Park, where there's a ton of new residential development going in. So we're talking thousands of units going up into these new high-rise buildings and a place that hasn't seen construction in decades. Um Another one would be the 7th Street Corridor, where new restaurants and bars are going in, and that really appeals to a lot of the people who work in the financial district. Um, the Historic Core is another one where Grand Central Market is, which is a really great food hall. Um, and then another one, in my opinion, is the Arts District. So the Arts District is sort of on the periphery of downtown, but has not been immune to all of these changes. Obviously, as people become more interested in downtown, that filters into the Arts District as well. The Arts District was a formerly industrial neighborhood. It was freight, and then it turned into trucking, but, you know, as changes in the manufacturing and industrial world sort of, you know, their requirements got a lot bigger. They moved closer to the port, so a lot of these buildings ended up becoming empty. And then in the 70s, 80s, all the artists thought that that was really cool and went into all of these empty industrial buildings. And they lived there, but also, of course, made all of their art there. Hence why it's called the Arts District. The whole scale of the neighborhood is five stories max. As people get more into downtown, there's a lot of product in the Arts District, which makes it really appealing to a whole bunch of people, whether that be retailers or people who now want to live there. Um, Offices are being converted as well. Um, a lot of it is concentrated on a particular intersection, which I really like, but there's so much cool stuff that's been going in and new developments, most of it redevelopment. So um, we have Row DTLA, which was one of the old trucking warehouses. Um, it was where American Apparel had their factory for years. Now they have smorgasbord. They have this huge outdoor food market on every Sundays. The food trucks come in. And people have all of this food, and you can just hang out, and sometimes they're crafts. Um, there's also the Museum of Ice Cream that opened recently, which talk about it's such an Instagramable location, which is part of what gets people to go places also. And on top of that, we're seeing office tenants finally go in there. Warner Music just signed um, a lease for over 250,000 square feet in the old 
Ford factory, so like Ford cars, they transformed that whole factory into like a five or six story, really cool creative office building. So that was really the big office lease that got signed that I think really signifies this shift that we're really going to even now have more people there during the daytime to make this more of an active space. Um, I really like the intersection around third and traction. Um, it's where a lot of some of the galleries are, some restaurants. Shinola went in there last year, Salt and Straws, which has really delicious homemade ice cream and like fun flavors. You don't go in and get chocolate. You get espresso beans with hints of lavender and anise seeds or something like that. You know, one of those creative types of flavors, but people get to try a whole bunch of little things on little spoons. And they also have a bunch of different coffee places. Angel City Brewery is there. Also in this converted warehouse, LA is really trying to up their game on all the local breweries. Angel City's been there for quite a few years. And it's a really fun place to hang out. And you'll see on Friday nights, really long lines. Dover Street Market just announced that they're going to go in next year. Philip Lim actually just relocated their flagship from West Hollywood to the Arts District. Moves like that, I really think, emphasize how much this neighborhood is changing and how much people really want to be into this interesting new space. Um, SciArc is also there, which is the Southern California Institute of Architecture. So clearly you get a lot of those students there as well. Um, really great bookstores. It's still a moving neighborhood. You know, if you go there at the wrong time of the day, you're not going to necessarily think it's awesome, but go on a Saturday and a Sunday and you really get that energy. So that's why I really like the Arts District. I did get a chance to go and check out the Arts District last time I was in L.A., and I would love to hear what you might compare it to in another market. Maybe early stages of meatpacking, which is funny, right, because I feel like obviously James said that one too, and that whole what the building scale is is similar, not to not to a perfect extent. It's a little bit denser in New York, but that whole building style is very similar just with those more open, larger scale buildings. Great. And what is your favorite place to go to in the Arts District? Okay, I have two. Um, one is Hennessy and Ingalls, which used to have, it's a bookstore, um, primarily architecture bookstore, but they have a lot of things. I mean, you won't go in there and pick up a fiction book, but I'm a sucker for any kind of paper bookstore. So I really love going in there. And then, of course, you cannot possibly say no to Salt and Straw because their ice cream is delicious. Oh, and my favorite bar is also in the Arts District called The Resident, and it's outside and beautiful. Well, thank you very much. All right. That was fantastic. So finally, we turn to Ariel Einhorn. Ari, you live with the hipsters in Chicago. I don't actually know if you live in a hipster neighborhood, but you also spearhead our urban retail research. So you're you're ahead of the game on this one. The neighborhood I chose to highlight was the Fulton Market District in the West Loop. Right now, Fulton Market, which I'm sure if you're if you come to Chicago, likely you've heard about the food scene, and I would say the epicenter is probably Fulton Market. Fulton Market District actually started as a large food market in the early 1800s. As part of that food orientation, um, there were buildings and infrastructure that were put into place, specifically meat packing and other kinds of food distribution, as well as some manufacturing. So it was very much something that was considered a representation of the breadbasket of the Midwest, which I'm sure you've heard. I'd like to argue it's still the breadbasket. It's just now served with olive oil and fancy spices. You were seeing a lot of these different distributors go to this area. They were really holding on to the the industrial spaces. 
And with that, transportation came to the area. We saw the railway come in. And with that, you're also seeing a new influx of different types of labor come in. And it was really an area where people could go and find jobs and find their food, go there, and they would help, and they would distribute to not only just the Chicagoland area, but to all the Midwest and even, you know, different parts of the country. So cut to, I would say, the early 1990s, and the area, probably even a little bit before that, became known as almost more of a gritty area where you'd see kind of cool bars going in, but maybe not necessarily the safest area. Um, If you've been to the area, it's actually pretty close to the United Center where the Bulls play and the Hawks play. Go Chicago sports. Um, So there was a lot of stuff going on there, but it really hadn't seen that revival quite yet. Um, In the 1990s or late 1980s, the one and only, the muse of all muses, decided to put her studios, Oprah, yeah, Harpo, um, went into the area. And so with that, you were still seeing some growth. You were seeing new office go in there. And then come the early 2010s, that's how you say that, I'm not really sure, um, restaurant groups decided to to go there. So the first of that was The Girl and the Goat, which if you haven't gone, it's really great. That opened right there. And then soon after, Public and Meats joined, which is both a restaurant and a meat distributor. They have a really great deli. And since then, you've just seen a slew of restaurants go in on Randolph, which is now known as Restaurant Row, my favorite of which is actually new. It's called Bad Hunter, and it's a... I would I would say it's heavy vegetarian with some meat options. Really delicious. Highly recommend it. Every day we're seeing new restaurants go into the area. And then on top of that, you're seeing retailers go to the area as well. So three people just went in there recently as well as anthropology. And beyond that, also you're seeing these large spaces, these large industrial spaces that are very conducive to headquarters. So um, Google recently moved there from the from River North and McDonald's is going in there um, taking over what was Harpo Studios, she actually left us to go to L.A., which, Taylor, you've got Oprah now, you lucky girl. Um, but McDonald's will be in in the old Harpo Studios space. And there's constantly movement. And the, I, I have to give a shout-out to David Barnett, who is our micro-brew guru. Ballast Point was going to be opening a brew pub in the area this year. So always changes going on. What's your favorite thing to do in Fulton Market? So I think Fulton Market is a really great place to go with a destination in mind, but not an end goal in mind. So often I'll go there with like a reservation, like Maud's Liquor Bar. I think it's a really mean, dirty martini. Um, So like often we'll go there after work on a Friday, grab drinks. And then there's always something new opening. So walking around and trying to find a cool restaurant that you can kind of stumble into. Okay. And is McDonald's going to open up? a giant McDonald's location in the Fulton Market when they move there. So it is so funny you say that. I feel like that's the question on everyone's mind. I'm assuming they have to have something, right? Um, If you look at the way that they're building up a space, it is very startup tech-looking, very cool. I'm waiting to see some golden arches go up, but so far there's no signs. I'll let you know. I'll go get a Big Mac there next time you're in Chicago. Well, they are serving breakfast all day now, so I will go with you. Okay, perfect. You can get a bacon, egg, and cheese bagel because those are amazing too. Oh, man. These were really good um, summer city tours. And all of these places, you guys made really compelling arguments um, to visit all of them. This is kind of tough. Um, I mean, the 798 Arts District in Beijing sounds really unique. 
Um, and I love the adaptive reuse um, of old buildings and given a new life, and especially when it's a creative life. Um, the arts district in L.A., I'm really rooting for L.A. to become an urban hub on the West Coast to compete with San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. And Fulton Market, I've got a soft spot for Chicago. Um, and always enjoy my time there. I think I'm going to go with 798 Arts District. Woohoo! <laughs> I like the story behind it. I really like the history there. I think the history of all three markets is really fascinating. All we said was pick a cool neighborhood, and all three of us independently came back with these like formerly warehouse factory neighborhoods that are now being transformed into hip destinations. And when you think about the aesthetics that people are really gravitating toward, you know, with the open exposed ceilings and bricks, and, you know, brick and timber buildings and um, kind of that industrial feel, um, it makes perfect sense. Excellent. Julia, thank you so much for judging our contest today. Oh, this has been the most fun Friday afternoon I've had. And Taylor, thank you so much for telling us more about downtown LA, Arts District. My pleasure. And then Arielle Einhorn, thank you so much for telling us more about Fulton Market. Anytime. Now I want to go visit the downtown LA Arts District. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend about it. If you want to see more retail research, go to jllretail.com. Click on Retail Intelligence. You can also subscribe to Where We Buy on iTunes, uh, the iPhone podcast app, Stitcher, and many other places. If you've got a retail question, tweet at me on Twitter. I'm at James D. Cook. And our theme music is Little Lily Swing by Tritachion under Creative Commons license.